welcome to the At Peace Parents podcast. I'm Casey, and I'm here to empower you in your decision-making as a parent of a demand-avoidant child. My goal is to share insights that will generate aha moments and support your connection with your child. I'm a mom of two amazing little boys, one of whom is PDA, and I've worked with hundreds of parents just like you to teach them how to lead their child out of burnout and find the clarity, peace, and sense of community they need. What do I do as a parent if my child really wants to do an activity, see friends, or engage in a special interest, however, doing so dysregulates their nervous system and there's a nervous system fallout afterwards? So I'm going to start today's Coffee with Casey on this topic because I'm living it as we speak, but it's also something that comes up very frequently when I'm working with families, especially those that are further along in their journey and when their child's out of burnout. So what do I mean by this? What I mean is you might have a PDA child who's more extroverted, a PDA child who really likes sports, a PDA child or teen who likes to engage in things outside of the home. And so they go to the soccer practice or they go on a play date, but then they come home and there's a nervous system fallout where you see that nervous system activation has accumulated. How can we navigate this edge of the child really wanting to do something, but we know that because of the structure of the activity itself, they're perceiving losses of autonomy and or equality, which even subconsciously builds in their nervous system. This is something that's happening right now in my family, where my son, his current special interest, he's eight and a half, is football. So he's collecting football cards. He's playing football at school with his friends. He has joined his first in his life group sport or team sport because in the past, the expectations of engaging in a particular way on a particular timeline and going to practice are too many perceptions of threat because those are all expectations, losses of autonomy and equality. If you have a coach who's like, do this, do this, do this. So he is very fired up and excited about engaging in his special interest. However, we are noticing dysregulation during the practice, like crying throughout the entire practice, and then less dysregulation and more fun during the subsequent game, which is a two-hour thing on Sundays. So we've been on this edge of like, is this too much for his nervous system or is he enjoying it? Do we help him push through or do we pull back and make decisions as parents? And so um, I wanted to just share with you four things to help you navigate this should this come up as an issue in your, in your child's or teen's life. Okay, so the first question we have to ask ourselves, and this is a really important one, is are they actually enjoying it? Right. So like when I work with parents, they often say, oh, school's going great. They like it. But really what's happening is their child is internalizing the threat response or masking and they seem fine at school, but they're actually not enjoying it or wanting to be there. Okay, so we have to ask ourselves and do that like honest inquiry. And sometimes it can be hard to tell of is my child actually enjoying this activity or are they masking? Okay, so. That requires really learning your child. Um, And for my husband and I, we have 
were able to discern masking from enjoyment, which took a while. The second is tracking indicators that help us understand how engaging in that special interest, going to football practice, hi everybody, is impacting his cumulative nervous system activation. So what does that mean? That means we're looking at basic needs, like is his eating dropping off? Is he having more trouble sleeping? And now he has a Fitbit so I can see like how many times is he waking during the night? Um, is he having trouble with stomach aches? Is he vomiting? Is he having, you know, digestive issues, etc.? So, so far the basic needs are good, right? So that's one indicator. The second is the equalizing behavior or the expression of the nervous system. And so we are seeing more of that in the home and at school. Okay, so this is another thing we're tracking nervous system indicators and is complex because we have a lot of other variables in our home right now. The transition from our old au pair who's been with us for two years is leaving today and a new one has moved in and it's the end of the school year. So that's like the the second thing we need to understand how to do as parents when we're navigating this edge of like, Do we push? Do we pull back? Do we accommodate or do we support them through this thing that they want to do? But because it's the nature of a football practice where there's a coach who's above the players and where there's drills that you actually have to like go through at a particular time, there will be perceptions of threat for a PDA or Okay, so the third thing is connection and trust and communication. And this is something that builds over years, right, of constantly signaling safety and autonomy. But at this point in the game, my son trusts that we would never make him do anything that his body can't do. And his father has volunteered to be the assistant coach in order to be there for nervous system regulation and to mitigate some of the like yelling at the kids, right? But having this foundation of connection, trust, and communication is also what allows us to really be sure that he's enjoying himself and not masking. For example, yesterday in occupational therapy, you know, at occupational therapy, we integrate the special interests. So we lay out football drills, we throw the football, we talk about football, we look at stats for football, right? So it's facilitating his participation and enjoyment. Um, But he yesterday was talking to the OT with whom he has a very close relationship about how he doesn't want dad to come over when he's having a hard time at practice, unless he's crying, in which case dad should come over. (laughs) But he just wants dad to be the coach. And he says that when he's on the field, he feels like he's in control of his life. That's what he said verbatim and can just be a normal kid. That's what he said. And so what he was communicating is like, He wants to be there. It's hard for him. He wants dad there, but to like ease off a little bit and let him like have a hard time and retreat when he needs to and not necessarily have dad come rushing over. Okay, so that took us years to get to the point where we had that level of trust. Um, And then the fourth is developing self-awareness in your child, which has to do with like naming the threat response and developing a positive and affirming identity that is open-ended and your child will lead you. That's something I teach in the Paradigm Shift program. But 
having him be able to talk about himself in the way of like, I'm PDA, but I don't need dad to be a P a dad of a PDA or when he's coaching, right? Like he had that language. So those are the four things to think about when you are navigating that edge of, um, your child being out of burnout and potentially wanting to engage in activities or special interests, but those activities or special interests, especially with other children or, or people will necessarily introduce some activation to the nervous system. Thanks everyone for being here with me at the at peace parents podcast. This is your source for all things related to understanding, supporting, accommodating, and advocating for your PDA child. To go deeper on any of these topics, check out my course offerings and masterclasses at the website www.atpeaceparents.com. To completely transform the way you think about and relate to your child and to bring peace and stability to your home, join us for the next cohort of the Paradigm Shift program.